Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. God, as we get ready to dive into your word today, God, we just pray that you would open our hearts to receive from you we would open our minds that we may understand that we might have eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit of the living God is saying. Amen. How many of you know that there's only one God, right? How many of you know that there's a, there's a lot of gods that people will serve a lot of gods that, that are, that are kind of man-made gods and we will elevate things to be gods in our life. But how many of you know there's only one God? How many of you don't believe that there's just one God? Good. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that believe that there are many, many gods, but I'm telling you, there's one true God. Amen. I'm glad to know him, aren't you? We are in a series called Amazing Change, and um, I got super creative with the title, and really what it's about is just how God touches one person's life and their life changes and it's transformed. Amen. How many of you have experienced amazing change? Amen. How many of you are desiring more change even as you go on? Praise God. It's that's what I love about God is he's not just a one and done God. He's not just like, oh, there you go. Yep, there you go. Good job. That's your change right there. Because I don't know about you, I've blown my change. Just me by myself, all by myself, me and Randy, just me and Randy. We've blown our change. Everybody else, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I've blown my change, and I'm so grateful. Come on for new change. Praise the Lord. I'm grateful for God's mercy every day. God, I just feel the presence of God here, and I know that I know this, that the Lord has something special for you. Somebody say, I'm ready. ready. I'm going to receive what he has for me. All right. I want to thank you all for just loving and serving and doing and being the church. Um, You know, sometimes we don't take enough time to just identify and recognize the good things that people are, are doing with Christ in their life um, as they just kind of live their, live their days. I want you to know that, that um, there's been some pretty remarkable things, and I just want to say thank you for being the church. Um, I want you to also think about this, that every single person has issues that only God can fulfill. Every person that you meet, it doesn't matter how well they seem you know, you know, to be, it doesn't matter you know, what mask they're able to put on. I'm telling you, every single person that you come in contact with, they have issues in life that only God can fulfill. And so I want that to fuel your encouragement to be on the ready to simply share the love of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus with them. Amen. Come on, I'm also saying this, that you, you know, it, it's good for you to be practiced in this, but, but I'm just saying just your simple act of obedience of sharing who Jesus is to you and who he is in his word and, 
And maybe your testimony, I'm telling you this morning that that is enough. The Bible says that Paul plants Apollos waters, but it's God that gives the increase. Like I've, I, I really have, and, and maybe I'm just a terrible debater or, or, or a convincer. I, I don't know. I, but I honestly, when I was first saved, I had so much zeal. I was called a religious zealot like three times, three times. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. But, but people, you know, people called me. But I really tried to convince people and, and argue with people about how good God was. And I personally, other people, you know, they, they are probably a lot more successful at it than I was. But I personally, man, I'm telling you what, in myself, I, 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 I don't think I led anybody to the Lord. But there was a shift in my life where it's like, you know what? If, 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 if God's going to do something in his life, it's going to be by his spirit and God will certainly use me, my, my efforts, my feeble efforts, because like I said, I'm not real great at that. But I'm telling you what, once I made that shift and that change and just started having conversations with people and telling them about Jesus, man, all of a sudden, man, people are like, I need the Lord and I do believe and I need to get baptized and this and that and, and marriages have been restored because, come on, God is the one that has done the miracle. Amen? But I want you to be encouraged and allow, come on, the leading and directing of the Holy Spirit to utilize you. Last week, I was given a testimony uh, of a lady in this church, and I didn't get permission to share this. And so I'm not going to share her name. But, um, but, but she come up to me and she said, man, Pastor, you just won't even... You just won't even believe it. All, you know, for a few days, I, there was a, a, a picture of this house in my mind. And I didn't even know the person that lived in the house. But the Spirit of God was just so strong on my heart. It took me three days, a few days to respond. But, but I knew that I was supposed to go and just share Jesus with whoever it was that, that was in that home. And she said, I want you to know that I took a couple other ladies with me you know, from the church and we went and knocked. Can you imagine just going and knocking on a, on a stranger's door? And I mean, what's the first thing that you say is like, hello. You know, I mean, what do you, you just, you just find yourself in the middle of, of, and this woman, I don't know. I don't think she's ever done anything like this before. Probably why it took her three days to do it, but she's knocking on the door. Somebody, a lady answers the door. She was able to share the love of Christ with this person and just asked her if she could just pray for her. And, and then all of a sudden, these three women got a chance to pray for this one, for this one woman. Amen. How many of you know that that is the Lord? Come on, that's the leading of the Lord. How many of you in your own right mind would just say, oh, I think that's a good idea? You know, I, I just, you know, I mean, you might, you might, and, and certainly God could use that, but, but I just love that that the, the, the voice of God in her life was strong enough to cause her to respond to the voice. And who knows what, who knows what God will do? I, I believe this, that that woman, God loves her so much that, you know what I mean? There's probably going to be other messengers and other people that are going to just continue to come and be an encouragement um, to her. And so I want you to turn your Bible, please, to the book of Psalm chapter 77. Let's go Psalm 77 up here. I love this. It's a, one of my favorite scriptures. It says this, your ways, God, 
are holy. What God, this is a little g, because there is only one God, what God is as great as our God? The answer to that is none, because there is none like him, right? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. I love that. Psalm chapter 77 and verse 13. How many of you know that God is a God of miracles? How many of you have witnessed a miracle in your own life, right? Awesome. Hands all over the place. Incredible. Now, everybody raise your hand because the greatest miracle, even though there's incredible miracles, the greatest miracle, come on, is a changed life and a transformed life. Like you cannot come to a place of saying that Jesus Christ is Lord just just through your own intellect. It's a work of the spirit of God in your life. Come on, that touches you and then all of a sudden, you might be looking for it, you might not even be looking for it, but all of a sudden you believe. And how many of you know when you receive Jesus, that's the greatest miracle ever? Come on, your life when changed is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. Number one, let's go ahead and turn to number one here. It says this, that God regularly does the extraordinary. I want you to know this, church, that the God that we serve, the God that we praise is the same God that parted the seas. Come on, the God that we serve is the same God that opened blind eyes. The God that we serve today is the same God that raised the dead. The God that we serve is the same God that when Joshua prayed, come on, he stopped the sun and the moon for half a day in the book of Joshua. That's the God that we serve. He's a, he is an all-powerful, come on, he has all potential, and he has all kinds of love for you. That is the God that is for you. And this is why we say in this church all the time that, listen, if my God is for me, then everybody else should be. Who can be against me? There's none. It doesn't matter what it is that you're going through. It doesn't matter the problem that you're having with that coworker. It doesn't matter the diagnosis that you've gotten in your body. It doesn't matter. Come on, it matters. But I'm telling you, in light of God that is able to do all that we can ask, think of, hope for, or even imagine in the book of Hebrews, right? In light of that, it doesn't matter because he is able He is able. And oh, by the way, guess what? If you do die, if you do pass away, and I want you to know, like, like if you lose somebody that you love, God is able to raise them up again. Amen. And walk in newness of life. I want to be a reminder to you today. I did two funerals on, on, uh, on Friday, two funerals. I want you to know, church, that this world is not our home. That we are strangers in a strange land. We're passing through. God's got something better for me and you, right? Right? Do we forget these things? Do we forget them? I'm telling you, Ernie Hall, we did his celebration of life service. And all I could see is one-armed Ernie in heaven with two arms raised to Jesus. I just love that. He got his arm back. Right? Who knows? Maybe God loved it so much and there's a bunch of little kids that are going to need to get pinched. You know, maybe God said, listen, you can pull it out every once in a while. But, you know, I don't know. But it was a beautiful service, beautiful time of just of just one person devoted to Jesus and and what one life can do. But I'm telling you, this world is not our home. Don't put all your stock in this in this place. Right. 
Put a lot of it in. Use it. Man, use every single day. But I'm telling you, man, there's greater things to come. All right? So we're not living in ordinary times. And if we're not living in ordinary times, then we need extraordinary touches from the Lord. We need an extraordinary experience. And I'm calling you today to walk higher, to come up out of the normal and out of the mundane, out of the, out of the ritual. How many of you got rituals? Well, I get up at this time and I drink my coffee and da 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 da. Come on, if you're ever asking yourself, is there more to this life than just getting up and going to work and coming home and kissing my wife and going to bed and doing it all over again, you know, five or six days a week, then, then, then if that's all it seems like it is to you, then you are missing something. Like that can be part of it, but man, there are so many opportunities and great things throughout the day that God's wanting to do in and through you. Amen? I want to share a favorite story of mine. It's found in the book of Luke, but this is also found in the book of, of Mark and Matthew. It's Luke chapter 18. Let's go ahead and turn there right now. It says this, that as Jesus approached Jericho, I want you to know that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to the cross. He was, this was towards the end of his ministry, and, and, and he had a lot of work still to do, but, but he was going to the cross. And it says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? I'd probably ask the same. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. You're making a scene. Calm down. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. So he got Jesus' attention. When he came near Jesus, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God as well. I just absolutely love that. I worked in New York City. Okay. Yep. My bad. Let's go back to the, all right, all right. So here it was, this blind man was, was sitting on the roadside. And it doesn't say in the book of Luke what his name was. What it says in the book of Mark, it identifies him. How many of you know what his name was? Bartimaeus, that's exactly right. Blind Bartimaeus. Every single day, this man sat at the roadside and he begged he begged for food, he begged for, he begged for money, but somebody probably had to lead him out there and, and they would position him and he would be there all night and then somebody would go out at the end of the day and they would retrieve him. So every single day he would do this, but this day was different. This day he heard something. He heard a stirring. He heard, he heard commotion. Like he couldn't see, but he is, how many of you know that, that when you, when you have a limitation one place, a lot of the times, you know, uh, uh, you know, another sense that you have is, is heightened. And so while he couldn't see, he could absolutely hear and he hears all of this commotion and he asks the question, what's going on? 
And they said, hey, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And immediately, this man begins to cry out. And he says, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me and show me mercy. And the Bible says that those who were in front of him. So he's shouting over the people, over the crowd. And, and he's, he's shouting so loud and he's making such a ruckus that people that were in front of him were turning around. They were annoyed by him. They were annoyed and they were like, would you just, would you mind your business? Come on, would you just hush up for a second? You're making a scene and you're embarrassing. You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing us. But this guy had desperation. Desperation to the point where he did not care what other people thought. He did not care about lining up with them socially. He did not care how it might affect, come on, his future begging. Because he knew this man by the name of Jesus. And he identified that man, Jesus is the son of David. Which shows that he... Come on, he knew something about the scriptures. He knew something about prophetic word. And he was desperate. And I'm just telling you this, that this man was desperate to the point of being honest. My question to you today is, are you desperate enough for Jesus that you're at the point of being honest? Come on, are you desperate enough for the Lord that you really don't care what it is that people are going to think about you? Come on, because we live in a day and a time where your desperation for God, it is going to, it is going to, it, like it really is going to have to be there. You are going to make, you're going to need to make sure that your feet, come on, are on solid footing and they're, they're planted on, 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 on solid ground. You're going to have to know why you believe what you believe. And there's got to be a desperation that, God, I cannot do this without you. There was a time, it's just coming to me now, that, 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 that everybody, you know, Jesus said some hard things. And, and next thing you know, everybody's leaving him. They're, they're just like leaving him. And, 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 you know, droves of people are just leaving. And he turns to his disciples. He says, are you, are you going to leave me as well? And, and I think it was Peter. Peter stood up. Peter love Peter. He stood up. He said, where are we going to go? Like we have experienced too much. We know too much. We've seen too much. Where in the world are we going to go? We need to be with you. We need to be by you. And I'm just telling you this, that God is looking for the desperately honest. My question is, is are you there? I want to share with you a video just here real quick. Let's go ahead and turn to that right now. So before Christ, I worked in New York City, you know, lots of coarse language, coworkers, female coworker, a lot of, you know, what you do last night, sexual innuendos, pornography stuff on the walls in the bathroom and in the back, just raunchy, everything was raunch. Totally normal to, you know, curse and, and just talk foul, very offensive, you know, like calling people names, you know, we, we used to just, every morning, this is literally, we'd greet each other, good morning, stupid, and we called each other stupid, right? That's life, that's the way you talk, right? You, I, I think it's like you don't even know any better. I had a customer uh, literally call me to ask to help her with something. I wind up telling her, well, my life is a mess. Next thing I know, she asked me if I had a Bible, and everybody, to me, everybody has a Bible in America, right? 
went and found it, dug it up, and it talked about hope and character, right? Perseverance. Then I come into work, it's like the middle of the week. No joke, like 10 people come in that day asking me if I know Jesus, asking if they could pray for me. Somebody read John 3.16 to me, which I never heard. I had a customer, uh, she came in and said, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to come in here and invite, and invite you to my church on Sunday. I'm like, who? You know, that's like, like crazy talk. Sunday I went, I went to church. I go in, I sat in the back. The pastor came up and he starts talking. Everything he's saying, I'm like, it is directly to me, for me. I'm hearing every word he says to the congregation. You know, I'm gonna pray a prayer. If you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, repent of your sins. So as he's asking that, I'm doing it. I'm there. I'm hearing God. It's like, I think he's speaking to me. After I got saved, I'm reading the Bible every morning. That's like my train ride is about a 25-minute commute on the train. Yeah, I get to work, and uh, the Bible is telling me, you know, I'm a, I'm a royal priesthood, and I'm loved. And, you know, I can't go into my work anymore and, hey, what's up, stupid? You know, it's like, no, you're not stupid. You're, you're precious. You know, I'd come to work instead of tearing people down. I would, uh, you know, the Bible tells you to encourage one another and lift each other up. People were blown away. It was like, what happened to you? You know, wh where's the other guy? This is not the same guy. There were people that would come in and, hey, what's up, mother blanking, you know, da-da-da-da-da to you. And now all of a sudden, they're watching their mouth to me, right? Oh, sorry, sorry for cursing in front of you. I'm like, I didn't even say it. I'm offended by it. And yet they're looking to watch their mouth. It's powerful. How many of you have had that same thing happen? Just because of who you are in the Lord, man, people begin to change their conversation. You come around and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it shifts and you know it's because of you. I've had people... I, this is so fun. I just love this. I'll golf with people periodically, and they have no idea. And about halfway through, you know, guys, what we do, right? What do you do for a living? Oh, I pastor a church. And then all of a sudden, there's this. this, this <laughs> there's this. <laughs> I just love that, man. I just, that's so great. <laughs> that's so good. So the Bible says, Jesus, you know, son of David, show mercy on me. And Jesus stopped, the Bible says, and he stood still and he brought the man. He said, bring him, bring him to me. The question that was asked right after that is, what do you want me to do for you? So Jesus asked this man that is, he's got this complete desperation. Jesus asked this man, what can I do for you? How many of you know that for somebody desperate, like that is the most incredible question, especially asked by somebody that can do whatever it is that you need. That's the most incredible question that could have been asked. What do you want me to do for you? Oh, man, I don't know about you guys, but I've been in some pretty desperate situations where I have been up against it. Like, I didn't have the answer. I didn't know how I was going to get through it. And then all of a sudden, God uses somebody that can help me out. Come on, they've got understanding or know-how in areas. And they're just like, hey, listen, don't worry about it. And I'm just like, man, thank you, Lord. 
But Jesus himself says, listen, I see your desperation. I see your pain. I see your confusion. What is it that you want me to do with it? And I'm telling you this, that he's saying the same thing today. He sees your pain. He sees your confusion. He sees whatever it is that you're struggling with. And he is asking you the question, what can I do for you? And I want to remind you that he is able, once again, to do all that you can ask for, think of, hope for, or even imagine. See, the problem is, is sometimes we have enough faith to believe it for somebody else, but we don't have enough faith to believe it for me. Have you ever been there? Like, I can pray the most powerful prayers you know, for people when they're in a place of, of, of need or a, a place of mourning. And it's just like, Lord, come into this place and, and feel this person, God, with your strength. And let them feel your close proximity and feel their hearts, come on, with your love. And let them, let them have the joy of the Lord, amen. Let the joy of the Lord, come on, not be stolen anymore, but be in this place. And let them experience you, God. In fresh and new ways. But when I'm going through something, you would think, boy, well, just encourage yourself like you encourage somebody else. But you know what? It's about that time that the Lord sends somebody, come on, to me, to remind me of his goodness, come on, of his grace. Amen. I'm reminding you today that sometimes we don't even ask of God. And when we do ask of God, we don't believe. And I'm just saying, believe. And receive the good things that he has for you. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. How many of you believe that that is for you? Amen. Amen. So powerful. Um, so he said, Lord, please, I want to see again. And I'm just telling you, Jesus loved healing the blind because he healed them often. And Jesus said to this man, receive your sight. Your faith in me has given you sight and new life. How many of you know that that day, this guy, not only he, he has his sight returned, but how many of you know that that day salvation, come on, came to, to, to his home? How do we know this? We know this because, because he cried out even all the more and began to praise him and follow Jesus every place that that he went. See, he shouted a third time and he praised God and followed Jesus. And I'm just telling you this this morning that everything that God does for you and everything that God does through you is so that you can follow him. So you can follow him. It's not so you can come to church on Sunday and give him your best praise and then act crazy Monday through Friday or Saturday. And then come back to church. Come on, everything that God does for you and through you is so that you can follow him. Come on, he wants your heart. He wants, he wants, he wants a surrendered life. He wants your everything. Come on, he wants, he wants your surrender. You know, if I can say anything that I have done, even halfway decent, and there's not many... When I gave my heart to Jesus, it was a full surrender. Like it was, it was really like God. I am. I knew how how I knew how well I was at 
in being control and where it led my life to. And maybe it was just easier for me. But man, when I said, God, here's my life, you can have it, like I meant it. And I honestly think that's one of the things that people, a lot of people struggle with is a half-hearted surrender. It's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I want to believe in you and receive you, but, but I just, I'm not there to, come on somebody, Right? Honestly, he wants everything. He wants it. He wants it all. And this guy, because he he cried out and he knew that day, come on, sight and salvation came to him. God's plan is not for us to remain normal. Come on. But God's plan is for us to give everything to him. And it's crazy. I just going to I'm just going to I'm not going to preach on this, but I want you to think about something. How many of you heard of this new thing called cancel culture? Right. What is, just anybody real quick, what is cancel culture? What's that? Yeah, if it offends you, get rid of it. And I just want to share with you something, and I'm not going to spend any time on it. I just want the Lord to minister to you on this. But cancel culture is in the church. At the moment that somebody is offended, at the moment that somebody, you know, was mistreated, we, we, love, we love God. I believe that wholeheartedly. But sometimes we're not willing to to do what it is, come on, that God calls us to do. What are you supposed to do when there's an offense? What are you supposed to do when somebody just ticks you off and makes you mad? What are you supposed to do when somebody says, I promise, man, you can count on me, and then they blow it? What are you supposed to do? Yes. Go to them. Work it out until it's figured out, right? We don't do that. Or we may do it once. Well, I just, you know what I mean? We bring the culture of the world into the church. And then all of the sudden, and I'm telling you, the cancel culture. Come on. I want to take you back, guys, maybe some women as well. I want to take you back to the, you know, maybe the first fist fight that you got involved in. And it wasn't your brothers or, you know. Come on, what happened after that first fist fight? You beat the tar out of each other, but what happened? Became your buddy, right? You've been through some stuff. And I'm telling you that whenever you're committed and you work through issues in the church, then guess what? You're better because of it, and it allows the Holy Spirit some room to work. But I'm telling you, we get offended, and I'm just done with her. I'm just done with him. And I'm just, you know what I mean? You're not my friend. I'm, I'm blocking you on social media. That's the most ignorant thing. You're blocked. You're erased. You, you, it's cancel culture in the church. You know, yeah, we go to the same church, but, but I'm going to be so passive-aggressive, like, like I'm not even going to look at you. I know you're there. I can feel you. But I'm not even going to... Come on, it's the craziest thing. Cancel cultures in the church. And I'm telling you, hmm, what is that passage of Scripture when the something of desolation stands? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Stands in the holy place flee when the something of desolation the abomination when the abomination of desolation come on is i believe it's talking about and this is just please don't come after me because this is just coming to me kind of right now that when the abomination of desolation is in the holy place in the church 
And I'm telling you, man, we got some stuff that we just allow to happen. We got to knock it off because the day requires more. Right? We got to, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to be better. We got to trust God all the way, not just part, partially. Right? And this is a challenge for, for all of us. All right, I got to get going here. Number one, blindness is a problem. How many of you know that blindness is a problem? There is a question that's always asked. Man, if you were given the opportunity, would you rather lose your hearing or your eyesight? And I'm like, that's a tough question. I want to pass. I don't even want to answer that question. Lord, I love them both. Please keep, you know, keep both strong, even though my eyes, I got to change these about every couple of years, it seems like now. Anybody? Come on, I had perfect, I had vision like a rabbit. Maybe it's because I ate so many carrots when I was younger, and I thought, man, I felt so bad for people that could not see, and now I'm one of them people. I, and everything is small print. I'm like, you know, I need one of those selfie sticks so I can hold on to it and get it out there just a little bit, a little bit further. But, but this guy had a problem. He was, he was blind. And I'm just telling you, this man was stuck in darkness and he was somewhat unaware of what was going on around him. And I'm just telling you today that there's many people that don't have a vision. There was a young man that after Sunday service, strong young man. I don't have the permission to share with you who it was, but he came up after service and he said, Pastor, I just, and he's got tears just streaming down his, down his eyes. And he's like, he's like, what, what happens if you don't know if you're saved? Like, like I quit hearing from God, you know, a while back. And so I was able to encourage him and to, and to pray for him and give him some instruction, which the first bit of instruction is going to be point number two. Don't put it up on the screen yet. But, but I was able to pray for him and talk to him. And the next, next thing you know, last night I get a phone call. And it's like the Lord spoke to him through a movie and gave him that same verse, Proverbs 29, verse 11, for I know the plans, almost a reassurance that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And then the, the, the next verse uh, through 13 is when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. It's like the Lord is reassuring that, listen, I want your whole heart. I want everything. And when you give me your heart, then you're going to find me. Then you're going to hear me. Then you're going to see me. Amen. How many of you know we live in a time where God desires your whole heart and he requires your whole heart? He doesn't like to play second fiddle to anything. So number two is this. You have to pray. You have to pray. We have to be people. Come on, to communicate with God. And this man here, though he was blind, come on, he knew how to, how to pray. Praying is the best starting point. Amen. Come on, it's the best starting point. And it's the best thing that you can do all the way through the race is to build, come on, a prayer life where you're communicating with God and you're, and you're listening, come on, back to what he has to say. He called out. And what I love about this man, he called out once, no response. And so he called out again. Come on, we've got sometimes, you know, sometimes I will talk to somebody and, and they'll be tell, sharing a problem and, 
and, and, and, and I'll ask him a question. Well, yeah, I did that. I did that. It's like, why are you asking me if you don't even want to hear what I'm saying? Well, I did that. Sometimes you got to do it again, right? And sometimes you got to do it again. And sometimes God doesn't do it on the first time, the first chance. And this shows us. He cries out. Everybody, shh, keep quiet. You're embarrassing us. And so he does it again, and he gets Jesus' attention. See, some people are more concerned with the opinions of others than they are God's opinion of them. And I'm telling you that this year requires more. And we have to not be so concerned with what others are thinking about us and definitely be concerned with what the Lord is speaking. See, this guy could not see, but he could hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to share this story real, real quick, but, and, I, and I've, I've shared it a couple of different times before, but when I first got saved, man, I wanted to go, you know, to where people were desperate, like I was desperate. So I went out to the prison, the main yard in the prison, the medium security out in Boise, got set up and, and, uh, and went through all the classes, and me and a good friend of mine, Roy Rojas, um, we both knew about six chords on the guitar, and you know, we kind of sang and went, we were going to go out there and we were going to play some songs that we had learned some, we hadn't been saved very long. Both of us got saved around the same time. And, and, and we, we go out there and they were wanting us to just check out the service the first time. So we listened and then we went back and, and we had half of the service. They gave us all half of the service, probably a couple hundred inmates, um, in the chapel there on the, on the medium security yard. And, and the first part of the service, they were having a service for the inmates and by the inmates. And it was really a testimonial service. And we were following what they were doing. I was like, man, this is kind of cool. You know, boy, we're just going to preach. and We're going to let these people know that God is good. And man, oh, man, they had these testimonies. The last testimonial was a guy got up. I swear he seemed like he was about 6'5". And just a big, a big guy with tattoos all over him. Even had face tattoos. That's serious. <laughs> Everybody's getting face tattoos now. I saw a cr funny Facebook post the other day. You know, the guy with Facebook tattoos now works at Starbucks. Used to be, you know. You <laughs> anyway, if you work at Starbucks, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, get back to the story. So this guy had he, uh, tattoos all over his body. He gets up and he's just broken, crying, hard-looking person. And he began to share how he, I won't give the details, but he killed his father in a very, very aggressive, aggressive way. And he said to all of us there, and it wasn't a dry eye in that place, that the only way that I get through my day is by hitting my knees when I roll out of, roll out of bed and give my day to Jesus. And I'm just telling you this, church, that when you get to heaven, you're going to be surprised at who's there. And you really, and I know we talk about this a lot, but I'm telling you, this guy murdered his father in an aggressive way. But when he began to talk, I felt the spirit of the Lord in that place to the point where I was immediate, like unqualified to be there to share. How do I follow something you know, something like that. And anyway, it was kind of a, God used the, you know, God used the whole thing. But I just thought I was going to go in there and just tell him, you know what? Jesus is going to set you free, even if you're locked up for the rest of your life. Guess what? That guy, if he's still alive, he's still there. 
But you know how he gave his heart to Jesus? The same way you do. Through a prayer. Through a, through a place in life of saying, God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you will forgive me of my sins. I believe that you'll come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. It, he received the Lord the very same way, come on, that you and I received the Lord. And every single day, he gave his day to the Lord. And that was the only way that he said that, 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 he, could, that he could make it. And I just absolutely love that. Number three is this, and we're closing here. Number three is the blind man understood praise. Do you know this, that this guy, he didn't have to go to a 101 or a 102 class. This is how you praise the Lord. You clap your hands. Everybody, come on, clap your hands with me. All right. On beat. On, some of you, are. you need to go to 101 again. All right. Let's try it. Okay, everybody, sing a song to the Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. All right, you get, the, you get the gist of it. He didn't have to go to a class. He didn't have to be taught because of the Lord and, and the power of God working in his life. And, and not only giving him his sight back, but also saving his soul, praise automatically came out of that place. And so, you know, sometimes I'll talk to the worship team up here, and it's like, come on, guys, worship God whenever you're singing the song. Like, raise your, you know, raise. We should never have to. And the idea is, man, if they raise their hands, then maybe you'll raise your hands out there. But honestly, that should never even be an issue. If we would just come in here in a place where it's like, God, you have been so good to me. I am just going to worship you and I'm going to sing God because that's how we do it. And, and, and I'm not going to be thinking about what happened yesterday and I'm not going to be concerned with man what are we going to have for lunch today you, you know what I'm saying but God we are in we are corporately together in the house of the Lord and, and I'm going to praise you because God you are praiseworthy I'm going to worship you God because you are able and worth my best praise and my best worship you know it was interesting the Bible said um, that many of those people were embarrassed. Shh, keep quiet. Would you knock it off? You're making a scene. But once again, man, they didn't understand his desperation. They didn't understand his level of, of, of need. And when God, when God touched him, what did he do? He shouted all the more. And he, and, he, and, he, and he followed God all the more. How many of you know that those same people, the same people that were shushing him are the same people that had a front row seat to the miracle that he received, right? They had a front row seat. The very same people that said, would you stop being such a bother? Come on, how many of you know that that had to affect their life as well? It was interesting. I started this series because of a baptism that we had a couple of weeks ago. One of the two people that got baptized, his name was Eric. He's not here right now. I don't see him. I think he's a second service guy. Likes to, oh, he's got to drive a little far. We'll give him a pass. I think he comes from American Falls. But 
You know what? There were people in his workplace that saw on Facebook the pictures of his baptism. And they were just simply asking questions. He works for a big farm. Uh, he does something. They were just asking questions. Does something. Other employees were just at, hey man, that's all you got, Bab. That's so awesome, man. Well, one of the supervisors or somebody walked by and he got reprimanded for talking about the Lord. But I loved his response. And I told him, just use wisdom. But I love your response. He said, you know what? I didn't start the conversation but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to share the goodness of God in my life. I said, man, that's awesome. Just use wisdom. That's awesome, but just use wisdom. But I just absolutely, he was not ashamed of the gospel. And even if it cost him and even told him, man, if this is going to cost me, I, I didn't start the conversation. I wasn't, but I'm not going to not answer a question about the goodness of God when somebody I wasn't looking, you know what I mean, to, you know, to, to go against whatever. But man, he shared Jesus. And he said, I will continue to do so. I just love that. This blind man had a lot of bad days. One day was different than the rest. One day he went from darkness to light. I'm just interested. Why a blind man? Jesus was on his way to a cross. He goes through Jericho. Why a blind man? Of all the people that he could minister to, of all the people that he could encounter, why a blind man? You know, it's interesting, a blind man holding a cup on the side of the road, Jesus could relate with. How many of you know that that's what they did? They kind of shook it. This guy had such attentive hearing that if somebody threw a coin in, he was like, man, thanks. That was a generous donation. Thank you. And then somebody else, they would throw a different coin in. And the way it sounded in the cup probably was like, cheapskate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he was so aware. And he would be like, probably, I'm guessing, like, if I was there, I'd be like, man, thank you. You know, I'd be shaking it. I'd be a good shaker. Be shaking it. Somebody would drop something in. Man, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Why a blind man? Because Jesus also, man, he was, uh, he was carrying a cup of his own. And he was going to a cross. And this cup was called the cup of, cup of suffering. And he saw, I believe, the suffering that this man had endured. And the desires of his heart that he had for many, many, many years. Suffering. And I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus saw his suffering. And Jesus sees your suffering as well. I just really want to encourage you that Jesus wants to heal you today. He is able to heal you today. He's able to reach you today. He's able to encourage. He's able to change your situation today. He's able. He's able to heal your body. He's able to change your situation with your marriage. He's able to reach your children. He's able to Get into the depths of the darkness in your heart where there's desperation and maybe a little depression and anxiety. I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus can change PTSD. I believe that Jesus can change the traumatic experiences that you have, that you have had in your life. 
I believe that Jesus can restore relationships that you regret breaking years ago. I believe that the ones that cannot be restored, God can give you peace in. And you know what else I believe? I believe that Jesus Christ can save you. You might think, and you might come to church even week in and week out, and you're thinking, man, I love the idea of being saved. But just like this young man that came up to me, he was raised in the church. His pastor, his dad was a pastor. Uh, a, a lot of religion around him. But he said, what if you, like, how do you really know if you're saved? Like, how do you really, really know? And it was so beautiful getting that phone call last night. Person that was raised in it, raised around it, getting that phone call last night saying, Jesus has shown himself to me. And Travis, pastor, he said, Jesus told me that he knew the plans that he had for me. And he told me, he showed me that when I seek him, I will find him when I seek him with all my heart. I said, you know what? This was funny. True story. I said, you know, can you imagine the turnaround? You just came up to me last Sunday and it's Saturday. He said, the quick turnaround the quick, he said, do you know how dark this week has been? I said, think about this. There was a period of 400 years where people didn't hear God. I think it's pretty quick. Don't make it worse than, don't make it worse than what it is. But I'm telling you that Jesus loves you and he's reaching out to you today. Amen. My question to you is simple. Will you receive what he has for you? My other question is this. Will you endure to the end? Are you ready, come on, to fight the good fight of faith all the way to the end? I'm asking you, I'm begging you, please don't be weak-minded. Don't be shallow-hearted. Get planted and be positioned so that when the storms of life come, you're not that, you're not that foundation that was built on the sand, but you've got a sure foundation and his name is Jesus Christ. Come on, you're like that tree that was planted next to the streams. Amen. The root system that goes way, 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 way down. Amen and amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.